I'm Jamika. Hey, it's Michelle. Welcome to the Your Friends 2 podcast. This is a safe space where we discuss everything under the kitchen sink from dating to friendship to how we see the world as young brown girls. Join us for as long as you want and have a laugh because we are your friends too. This week, we have a very special guest on our podcast for the first time. She is a very talented actor based out of New York City. We have our good friend, Kat. Yay! Hi! Thank you for having me. Of course. (laughs) Do you want to tell the listeners a little bit about yourself? Oh, sure. Um, Hello, listeners. My name is Katora, but no, only my friends can call me Kat. Y'all can call me Katora. (laughs) (laughs) No shade. (laughs) Her first. (laughs) Um, As Michelle said, I am an actor out of New York City. Um, But when I'm not acting, I love to... Well, I don't, I wouldn't say I love to do it. This is just what I do for my survival job. I'm an online teacher. I'm also a... Um, I doctor assistant right now because of the pandemic not a lot is going on in terms of the acting world so right now I'm mostly just reading plays auditioning for everything that I can um, creating stuff with other actors in any way that we see fit times are rough but that's that is rough for the moment but hopefully not forever hopefully things will um lighten back up and we'll be able to actually like go see shows again and and, uh, do that kind of stuff but I think for now online entertainment is what we're all pretty used to or getting used to again yeah I mean I guess if this were to happen like if there were to be a pandemic I suppose it's good that it's happening in 2020 because there's like a plethora of like streaming services oh yeah uh youtube a lot of things you can watch on youtube from like nail art to like uh how to use a screwdriver or something (laughs) (laughs) Um, and like there's so much you can do from the comfort of your own home and you're not putting other people at risk and you're not endangering yourself so let's say uh the pandemic isn't going on just for this uh, hypothetical situation. Did you, compared to like, say like 2019, 2018, is there anything different in like, did things change like in the acting world that you can like remember, say from like 2019, 2018, back to like five, eight, ten years ago? Like, did you see like an evolution in there? I guess kind of like the change of like social media or like, you know what I'm trying to say? Like, uh, oh yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, Um, Well, I think I was talking to somebody about this, about how social media is so important and it can actually boost somebody's career mm-hmm. in the entertainment industry. Cause like TikTok is a huge thing now. And a lot of young people, especially they go on TikTok and they act out skits and stuff like that. And those people are getting now like representation and they're getting entertainment deals and contracts and they're becoming actors through TikTok. Of course, with that being the pandemic and that's how most people are watching new work and watching new talent. With the pandemic, everybody's on their phones and they're on like streaming services now. That's how that's how actors are getting recognition. Whereas opposed to before the pandemic, actors were seen in like maybe an off-Broadway show or they were seen in like a smaller TV and then somebody would see them and say, oh, I want you to do this, this, that, and the third. In terms of like probably five or 10 years ago, I can only speak in terms of like what I've seen because I wasn't necessarily a working actor in the industry at that time. I was still pretty new. There's like this huge awakening of like work for every I guess you could say every identity, like in terms of racial identity and um, gender identity, like now there's a little bit of something for everybody in every community. So I remember when, I wouldn't say like probably five years ago, like the huge thing was we need to see more 
um, black representation on screen. So all of the new things that were coming out was geared towards like the black community. So all of these new, newer black actors like um, Viola Davis was like getting her, um, was like really starting to blow up with uh, how to get away with murder and the help, mm -hmm. um, especially her being like a darker skinned black woman. And then um, like Daniel Kaluuya had just done like Get Out, like a lot of these like big named black actors and actresses now, they were just now coming on the scene like a few oh. years ago, even though they've been doing it for a long, long time. Yeah. Um, but now I'm starting to notice that it's not just like black stories that are being told, but also stories in the LGBTQ community that are starting to be told. Um, stories from like the Muslim or Islam community that are starting to be told as well, as well as like Asian representation is starting to become more, I, I don't wanna say popular because I don't wanna, I don't wanna say it like it's a trend, but people are starting to realize that this representation hasn't been seen for a long, long time for nobody knows why. Well, like we know why, but there was really no reason for all of these stories to not be told. And now like we're getting like this outpouring of like different stories, which is really, really nice. Yeah. When you think about movies now, you're right. Like you can see like there was a very clear trend where most movies were predominantly you know, white, like the protagonist is white, the, the male is right, uh, white. And even like now too, because I can think of like a few movies off the top of my head where I don't remember seeing like, there was maybe one supporting uh, black actress in the entire movie and that was it. Mm -hmm. You remember the whole um, moon, Moonlight and La yeah. La Land yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, debacle mm -hmm. a few years back? Um, I really like La La Land and I'm not trashing the movie. Um, I think it was well done, but at the same time, like I saw like one black person with a speaking role. The in entire movie. movie. Yeah. Yeah. I don't even think I remember like that, which is really sad. Yeah. Yeah. And it's it's the same thing with a lot of movies. And then you compare it to like something like Crazy Rich Asians, which I love. Mm -hmm. I thought that was a beautiful movie that really showed like how dynamic and how wonderful Chinese culture really is. And like there's so much more to it than, you know, like Chinatown. So yeah. um without, you know, trying not to be offensive, but like I feel like that's what most people think of. It's interesting to hear it from your perspective too, because like we just watch movies and we watch TV shows and we'll have our opinions, but like you actually like could be cast in these TV shows, these movie shows, these Broadway shows, and you're like actually seeing behind the scenes versus something that we won't see. Mm -hmm. So do you feel like there's like, I don't want to say like, a, cause I'm sure it's not as very, like it's black and white as it probably comes across when we're watching it. But like, do you feel like there are moments sometimes where, you know, it's very clearly like, this is the white lead and then there's you or like I would say in my experience with like going out to an audition for a role a lot of the character breakdowns if it didn't specifically say black African-American female or a black African-American male or Muslim male like you could just assume that they were looking for white actors and a good majority of those casting breakdowns it that's just what it was sometimes there were character breakdowns that specifically said white blonde um, Kylie Jenner looking type doesn't make sense, but um, <laughs> so fake. <laughs> blonde, blue hair, bl blonde, blue eyed, um, sometimes Scarlett Johansson type, you know, like most of the time, like that's what the character breakdowns were for, um, or would say open ethnicity. But most of the time that also means like you can come in an audition, but we're leaning towards like leaning the, towards white. Yeah. <laughs> and most of the <laughs> most of the <laughs> most of the stories that were being told were you can tell that it was kind of like more geared towards like a certain community and not necessarily like it wasn't that relatable to everybody. Yeah. But now what I see is like people of color strongly encouraged to audition. Um there are a lot of new works coming out that are for Black actors, a lot of them, especially for LGBTQ actors, um, non-binary identifying or like transgender actors, which is really, really, really cool. Um, and speaking specifically to like their stories and their community, whereas opposed to like, say a lot of the stuff that we were getting were like 90210. Yeah. Um, 
Riverdale-esque things where it was like young (laughs) young people that were like born in a well-to-do family but they got into some trouble and now oh my gosh like things are (laughs) things are happening yeah (laughs) their family lost all their money now they gotta work oh no (laughs) what is that like (laughs) but now like the stuff that's coming out is like a lot more relatable which is really really nice yeah would you say that shift because I'm like thinking in my head of like movies and like when that because I feel like there was definitely like a time like you said before where we were leaning towards the right way so Mm -hmm. would you say that happened between like a little bit before I want to say I want to say the time was like right in like the like 2010s maybe like late 2000s when it started because I'm thinking of like the help and I feel like mm-hmm. I can't remember if that came out in like 2011 or something I feel I like I say did. that was like 2010 2011 because it was the help and then um what else came out 12 years a slave hmm. and then there was also uh Django Unchained oh, yeah. where it was like there was a lot of black representation but yeah. they were slaves or they were the help like they were yeah the help so there was like in the beginning there was like a lot of black representation like let's tell these stories let's tell stories about because like this is history and it needs to be told like yes but also like we weren't always slaves we weren't always maids, you know and now we're starting to see i i always think back to um have either of you guys seen moesha Moesha. <laughs> yes, it's on Netflix, girl. <laughs> I think about Moesha, and Moesha was that was probably one of the first times that I've seen like a TV show that was really relatable to like m- me and like my life because it was about this young black girl in high school and then going to college, and she was like just going through the motions of growing up and being a young black girl that wanted to be an artist. She wanted to do poetry, she wanted to write. And um, she lived in like a well-to-do, well-to-be-off like middle-class family. It wasn't like their mom was on drugs and the dad was never there. It wasn't like stories like that, which we see a lot of when it's dealt with in the, um, when it's more geared towards the black community. But it was just like a family that's, well off and they're they're doing fine they're not rich but they're comfortable and um they're just living life the same way that anybody else would that was like the first time that I had seen anything that like looked similar to like me in my life mm-hmm. and that was when was that like early 2000s yeah. like 1999 something yeah. like that mm-hmm. but then that was around the same time of like one-on-one um half and half uh what else was another show? The Parkers, you know, like that whole like a renaissance of like black sitcoms. But then that all of a sudden stopped. Mm-hmm. And then you had other sitcoms coming out, but they weren't necessarily like all black or all people of color. So it wasn't necessarily, I, w- I don't want to say it wasn't geared towards everybody, but you didn't really see like it was everybody. Yeah. It was less it of was that. It was more yeah. like reality show based and less like will tell you an actual story because even like in the 90s too you had family matters you had right. Fresh prince of bel-air you had blanking on the sister sister you mm-hmm. had you know like there are so many good like black stories that show like positive and healthy like relationships between families that yeah. you don't even see and then you shift from like that to like flavor flave and like oh yeah, that yeah whole yeah. era of gb where it's mm-hmm. not like you know, we're not telling the story of like, we're uniting black people. It's just like, and I'm sorry, I keep bringing it up. There's that Boondocks episode. (laughs) (laughs) Where BET is like this, like, like evil company. Oh, yes. (laughs) And they're trying to like destroy black people. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) It's like Huey's the only one that's like woke to it. (laughs) And they create all these like trash television shows. And it just makes you wonder like, obviously that's not real but at what point did you feel like your audience shifted from people that needed to see these types of relationships and these types of like things to seeing like just full-on trash tv like well I think that that's also because 
those type of shows that we were just talking about, like Family Matters yeah. and um, Moesha One on One, like for a while, that stuff was like taken off the air. Oh yeah, like it wasn't it wasn't on TV for a while, and then that's all you saw. You saw Flavor Flav, and it was like, oh, what this big rap star, mm-hmm. quote unquote, that's like <laughs> now <laughs> looking for love. <laughs> How many seasons? and like it was hilarious but it wasn't it didn't paint us in a good light and like I don't think when we were watching it we were thinking like oh wow this makes our community look bad it was like because like there was the bachelor and then (laughs) (laughs) but like even the way that they told the bachelor when you compare that to Flava Flav, it's completely different. Like, oh yeah. The Bachelor is supposed to be this classy show and then Flava Flav was like, in my mind, hella trashy. Like I, that's another show, by the way, I wasn't allowed to watch, but sometimes Understood. I would catch it. Oh good, <laughs> you should watch it. Sometimes I would catch it and I would, I genuinely didn't understand it. But then my classmates would be like, oh, did you see the episode? And I'm like, I don't like, you know, like your mom's yeah. trying to shield you from all of this like, yeah, I didn't know about uh, Flavor Flav also until like like years after. Mm-hmm. I think until New like York. New York came out with <laughs> I love New York, their own show. <laughs> That's when I was like, what? Who is this? And then Flavor Flav, who's that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Never heard a single one of his songs. Nope. Never, don't care to. Nope. Had no idea who this guy was. So oh, all no. I knew was that he wore a big clock. Yep. And he was famous for some reason and women were going crazy. And he was about but him. ugly. And he was very ugly. I mean, everybody needs love too, but he needs not. <laughs> and he was also, he was using, and I think he was using that show specifically for entertainment purposes. Yeah. Cause he, at the end of the whole shebang, he didn't end up with any of the nope. women. He went back to one of the mothers of his children at know. the very, yeah, at the very end. So complete garbage garbage TV. so i think like after i think after a while tv was specifically for like entertainment whereas before with other shows they were it was for entertainment yes but it was also like to like teach you a teach you a lesson and to also like empower you empower you and unite like you and your family it was like that was when family watched tv together yeah. i think but then we started moving away from that and more into like the trashy reality TV. And like, it was just like, oh, let's bring on like this big star and have them act a fool or mm-hmm. let's get people to laugh. I don't know. I don't know why. Why do we like that? <laughs> I guess maybe we like people making fools of themselves on TV just because like it's drama and like stuff we don't normally see. So it's just entertainment. Yeah. And then like Jersey Shore was also a big thing and it really wasn't about anything. It was about people getting drunk (laughs) and fighting, sleeping together and then doing the same thing the next day. Exactly. You don't even have to, all you have to do is just go on YouTube and just type in Ronnie and Sam. You don't have to watch the show to understand what it's about. If you just watch the two of them, like hot mess, it's a hot mess. And there's also no diversity on that show. Like they're all tan. I don't know what Snicky is. Isn't she like Chilean? Yeah, apparently she's Hispanic, but is adopted by like Italian people. Why do I know this? I never saw the show. <laughs> <laughs> Look at you knowing things about Nick Nicole Pelosi or whatever her last name is. <laughs> no, yeah, I am not for trash TV. Like it's entertaining, but to a point when it's it just feels like repetitive. You watch yeah. a couple of episodes, you know exactly what a show is about. I don't like the Bachelor is uncomfortable. You know what? I I started watching The Bachelorette for this new season just because everybody on TikTok was saying, oh, this is the worst Bachelorette in history. Oh, no. And I was like, why? <laughs> <laughs> so of course I watched it because I went to see what all the hubbub was about. And now... <laughs> Now I watch The Bachelorette like religiously. Oh no. <laughs> and I've seen the episode of The Bachelor when it was like the worst bachelor in history. And I was like, why? So like watch that. <laughs> and he was absolutely terrible. Mm-hmm. But now I <laughs> was it Colt? Not Colt. Uh, no, Colton? um, what's his name? Don Juan. No, not Don Juan. 
Isn't that a drink? <laughs> Say, what's his name? John Pablo? Oh. Pablo C. I don't know. It's okay. It's fine. <laughs> I think everybody knows what you're talking about. Wait, that's gonna, it's gonna bother you. Pablo? Yes, I have. I've watched The Bachelor back when I was in college, like with some sorority sisters. And that was fun. Not so much the watching of the show, but the routine of like, we're all meeting up. We'll have pizza together. We'll have some wine. It'll be nice. Like great way to start your <laughs> your week. <laughs> Slightly buzzed off of, um, uh, what's the red? Barefoot, pink, barefoot. Ooh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Cause that's all sorority girls drink. And, <laughs> but I like the ritual of it. What's his name? Juan Pablo. Gotcha. Thank you. <laughs> I had to like, because you, you looked it up, I had to check. Um, and I think recently they had their first, and it's it's pretty, not like super, super recent, but like within the last like five years, they've had their first African-American bachelorette. And yeah. recently they had their first black bachelor. But like, oh, what was that? the show has been, I don't know watch it like that don't okay. tell you what season but yeah I'm sure it was recent enough but all I know is the show's been going on for since like the 2000s maybe even before that yeah why did it take so long for us to get a black bachelorette and a black bachelor you know I've also noticed that on um like any dating show that you would see like before or even today every time that um because you know like uh what's that dating show uh are you the one Mm. or um too hot to handle whatever mm. every time that most of the cast members are like Abercrombie looking like model people blonde hair yeah. tall dark handsome olive skin blah 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 and then there's like the one or two darker skin people whether yeah. they be black or like dark skin Hispanic or yeah. Indian randomly maybe and it's always the darker skin people of color on those shows that are chosen last yeah. to like be hooked up with or to get in a relationship specifically in love i don't know if any of you lo- watch love island mm-hmm. it's like this uk show they have one in america too i guess but they have um love island love island australia love island america i don't know <laughs> but it's, are there. <laughs> it's a bunch of islands and there's a bunch of people on the islands looking for love but in the beginning of each season, the girls would line up and have each boy come in and they would choose which girl they want to couple up with for that week. And yeah, it's disgusting. And the black girl is always the last one or the black guy is always the last to be chosen. Like for, cause sometimes the girls they're like, oh, I like this guy, I like this guy they never say that they like the black guy and the black guy and the guys never go for the black girls so there's a lot of dating shows there's a ton of dating shows but even the bachelor whenever there is like a black girl i can't remember ever seeing like a black girl making it to like the final rounds of the bachelor yeah or even there's like a lot of young black men that come onto the bachelorette and they're always there for like the one or two episodes one then. or two episodes and then they leave and it's mm-hmm. like i understand you have your preference but also for whatever reason like like we you- we don't really exist for that long in that type of world mm-hmm. yeah even yeah. on like um like flavor of love like the girls like the darker skinned girls like usually are eliminated and i think the oh yeah right? Like the last two winners, spoiler alert, if you haven't seen this show, it's very old though. So (laughs) whatever, spoiler alert. Like it was Hoops won the first one. Yeah. And uh, what's her name? Delicious. Okay. I was going to say Delicious. (laughs) (laughs) Um, She won and they were both like lighter skinned women. Yeah. Um, And like even on there, like it just always seems to be like an issue, like everywhere. Mm-hmm. And then um, even the third season, did you see the third season? I don't think I did. It's on YouTube. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the third season winner was also a lighter skinned um, girl. Her name was, what was her name? Thing two. See now, there's so many problems with this show. <laughs> and the fact that he gave someone the name Thing two well it's because they these two girls came on as twins oh my god and he said and i quote my favorite book 
when I was growing up was Dr. Seuss. And who were my favorite characters? Thing one and thing two. So I'm gonna name y'all thing one and thing two. It was <laughs> disgusting. It was horrible. And you know what? They would, they were dating him at the same time. Like, yeah, yeah. yeah. So like, why would you do that? Yes. Like, like they, he was dating all these women and then he was also dating sisters at the same time. It was so gross. gross. They would get their chain at the same time. And then for this, <laughs> for this one episode, which was so dramatic, he was like, I got to split y'all up. I have to send one of y'all home. And it's like, well, yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> you thought you could just have the both of them? That's nasty. And of course, the both of them are crying. They're like, I don't want to leave my sister. I don't want to leave my sister. Flav was crying, and I have no idea why. <laughs> Gosh. Yeah. Dating shows are always a mess. I feel like, honestly, it's all just for, like, ratings and entertainment. Like, I don't feel like any of that's real. Like, are you the one is supposed to be marketed as, like, oh, we have scientists who develop the exact compatibility 99%. And you're just like, I remember when I was first watching it, this was probably like 2015-ish. I was like, oh my God, I want to be on Are You The One? But then like, <laughs> I was watching it later in life and I was like, this is so dumb. I'm going to watch it on Netflix though, but. <laughs> if you saw us on Netflix, right? <laughs> I watched the whole thing already yesterday. <laughs> Is it as dumb as I think it it's is? It's so stupid. It's really stupid. But um, <laughs> those type of shows, like that in particular, I feel like, okay, like you're really going to pay a team of matchmakers to meet all of these people and to conduct these tests and these interviews and like somehow concoct like the perfect cast of couples that are supposed to be each other's perfect match I don't think so I think you just put together because every time you watch that show the black people always end up together the brown people always end up together and maybe you'll have like that one couple that's like interracial maybe (laughs) most of the time (laughs) really breaking the envelope there (laughs) I don't think the world is ready for interracial couples yet oh no (laughs) but most of the time that hardly happens it's always like the black girl with the black guy the no season one an asian girl was with a white guy but most of the time it's like they group the black people together and there's only ever like three of them yeah i don't i don't like watching dating shows anymore like i would never say like oh it's monday eight o'clock bachelor time (laughs) like that's not (laughs) like alone like i would never if someone else was with me and they were watching it or they wanted to watch it I would watch it with them and I would pick who I want to win you know like brackets yeah but like I'm not ever going to be that person that's like well it's a new season let me get my brackets out and <laughs> let's see what's gonna happen with my little wine and you know so you never know what's gonna happen I have crackers and cheese and it's gonna be great it's a great night great hour two hours sometimes and I get crazy <laughs> sometimes I'll get like so I'm the type of I'm the type of viewer that gets like really invested in whatever it is that I'm watching to like to the point that it's my downfall. And if something happens in a show that I don't like, I just get in a pissed off mood for the entire day. So if I'm watching something like say I'm watching a show that's like super, super depressing, like um Grey's Anatomy. Yeah. Like let's say I'm watching Grey's Anatomy and one of my favorite character dies mm-hmm. for something that could have easily been avoided. Yep. Or like, say a patient goes in and is like, hey, my nose won't stop running. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden they go into surgery. Why? I don't know. Mm-hmm. And then they die because of mm-hmm. a hernia in their left foot. I don't know. <laughs> but <laughs> I'll watch that and I'll get so upset that I'm like, I can't watch anything serious anymore. So that's when I'll be like, let's watch something absolutely stupid let me turn on I love New York season two Mm -hmm. just to like get my mind off of it (laughs) because that's exactly what that's for I feel like sometimes tv shows now they're just like they're either so ridiculous or they're just so depressing and especially like black tv shows now they're so depressing like um when they see us or um oh yeah yeah like I don't want I don't want to watch that shit like I know that's happening in real life I don't want to go home on my day off and also watch that happening right in front of me yeah Yeah. so that's why I'm like I would sometimes I would rather watch 
black people act a fool instead of <laughs> black people getting shot just for being black. I think someone who is doing a lot of good work uh, in terms of like hiring or like creating a more diverse cast is Jordan Peele with like the horror genre. Like I finally recently saw Us. No, I'm not watching that. <laughs> you should watch. It's scary. It I'm is not, really creepy, but I'm it's not, so I'm good. Not, I, no, it's I, really good. I live alone. Just... <laughs> no, thank you. Do you get out? Did you see Get Out? No, I live alone, remember? Get Out isn't as scary as us. <laughs> yeah. It's more like psychological thriller. But like like, yeah. Okay. Okay. It's not like something where it's like, ooh, but it's, <laughs> it's more like, hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I think I meant to watch Get Out at one point and then I just like didn't. I think when it first came out, I the way that they trailered it, I was like, oh, this is gonna be too scary for me. And then everybody was obsessed with it. And then I was like, nah, I don't do scary movies. And then over the years, it was like, maybe I should just like try to watch it. And like, I'll force one of you to watch it with me. Because I, again, I live alone. <laughs> I have two cats here. If someone just decided they wanted to burst through my doors, those bitches would be the first ones out. Like, <laughs> I have no protection. So, okay, I'll watch it. Yeah, get out. I, I thought Get Out was better than Us. Um, I was slightly disappointed in Us. Really? Slightly, just because I felt like he crammed like so much allegory and stuff into that script yeah. that I was kind of just like, oh my gosh, like I can't, I can't compute, mm -hmm. you know? <laughs> but like Get Out, it was obviously, the this is a black man's worst nightmare. Yeah. <laughs> My white girlfriend wants to sell me to slavery. You know, it was like very straightforward. Whereas with us, it was just like, here's this Bible verse. And then um, you have to really pay attention. You have to really pay attention. Mm -hmm. But it was so, I thought Lupita Nyong'o was absolute amazing. That twist though at the like, end. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, it was so good. Yeah, I like I've been watching a couple of like video analysis of uh, Get Out, uh, a lot of Get Out ones because they have a lot of cool like uh, like things. They show you things that I wouldn't necessarily catch in the movie because I'm not as observant. I just kind of watch to watch. I, I really like what he's doing because he really like has helped uh, to eliminate that like trope of like, oh, the, the black person always gets killed first. Mm -hmm. um, and that's so annoying because in like, especially in like older horror movies, like it, it's true. Um, I saw like Scream 2 and it was a young Jada Pinkett before Smith. Um, <laughs> and it was her and her boyfriend and they went to see a movie. And I think the boyfriend went to the bathroom and he got killed by, the, by Ghostface, the killer. And then... Ghostface came into their uh, where they were sitting in that row and he killed her too but uh, she thought he was the boyfriend anyways they died first and I was like I thought I was gonna see Jada Pinkett in this whole movie <laughs> but it wasn't about her it was about the protagonist from uh, the previous movie mm -hmm. um, but Jordan Peele has brought on like you said Daniel Kaluuya, Kaluuya before for Get Out and for us Lupita the star of us mm -hmm. um so it's really nice to see like like black people can get scared too they can be the stars of horror movies like yeah everyone can get scared i think if we did a realistic black movie it would be over a lot sooner because we yeah. wouldn't want to go investigate a sound we'd be like nah. just run mm -hmm. <laughs> drive away <laughs> not about it can't do it i gotta leave I think you'd really like get out because that's what they do there like his friend, oh yeah like don't go don't go <laughs> Like he he's like the Jamaica of the movie. Like no no. <laughs> Have either of you seen um, Parasite? No no. Oh again, why would I? <laughs> okay, well that, it's not it's not scary like ooh, but it's like <laughs> it's kind of like a psycho thriller ish kind of sort of, but it really doesn't start getting like scary until like the last. 20 minutes of the movie really yeah it's it's first of all it's fucking amazing um it's the first I believe it's the first movie to be to win best foreign film as well as best picture 
at the Oscars. Um, the director, I don't want to butcher his name, so let me just Google him super, super quick. But the director is very, very awesome. He also won Best Director that year. Uh, Parasite, 2019 film. Who was the director? Bong Joon-ho. Yeah, he also did like a bunch of other really good movies. But Parasite is really, really good. It's an all Asian cast and it's in Korean. Um, and it's on Hulu now, so y'all should check it out. But it's all about, uh, <laughs> I'm not alone. <laughs> it's, about, it's about class and it's just, it's, a, it's funny. And then it's also eerie. And then like, like I said, like later in the movie, it starts to get like really spooky. And I feel like it's like a really, really, really good representation of that community and that culture. Yeah. And it's not just like the stereotypical Asian film where it's like samurais and oh, yeah. um, like the docile Asian woman that maybe falls for like the white man. It's not like a Miss Saigon film. Mm. It's like very, very well written, very well directed it's a beautiful beautiful film um yeah definitely check that one out because i remember you mentioned crazy rich asians <laughs> crazy rich asians <laughs> earlier but i also wanted to throw out parasite because that's like a good those two are like really good films with like asian representation on different spectrums like romance and then also thriller yeah horror ish yeah I think that's the big thing with like uh, movies, TV shows is that uh, people aren't portrayed like uh, like all of like our like cultures like black people, Asian people, Spanish people, like everyone is just portrayed as like a stereotype. And like, I think the big issue is like, why can't we be por- portrayed as just like normal people? Mm-hmm. Like leave their coffee on top of their car while they're going to work and they're just having like a rough it's the case of the Monday like why can't black people have that why can't Mexicans have that it can't it's not just white people working in an office I mean most of the time yes but that's changing and uh yeah why aren't there more of us in the media damn it (laughs) I think there's I think there is starting to be more and I think further down the line that's just going to be the norm I feel like maybe not in the very near future maybe like not next year but very sometime we're going to have just like these different like different movies and different tvs of like everybody like black hispanic asian white um lesbian bisexual transgender like different people and all these different films telling like different stories Mm -hmm. um i think what the pandemic has done is it has shown how some of our our stories are stifled and out of the pandemic a lot of us are starting to create our own work so we're starting to create those we're starting to create those stories and we're starting to create that stuff to like relate to people in our own community. And now um, I think even in the casting world and like just the industry itself, they're starting to see like more of a need for these different types of stories. Yeah. Um, I was in this, um, (laughs) I was in one of this online panels with like a casting director and one of the actors in the Zoom chat had asked the casting director, what are the opportunities like for actors of color right now? And then she has said that a lot of the projects that she's getting right now are for actors of color. And it's really, really big in the industry that we're like casting and we're promoting these projects for all different types of people. And um, (laughs) there's one actress, I don't know her name. I've never met her before in my life, but she had wrote in the group chat, (laughs) she had wrote, oh, bad news for us Caucasians, sad face. And I was like, I'm sorry, (laughs) (laughs) but y'all have had friends and you've had every scary movie known to man. You had The Office. You had The Office. Please, you had La La Land. (laughs) Like, 
sit down right and shut up because because it's not y'all are still your story will never stop being told nope whatever that may be (laughs) we will still have a hundred different iterations of friends and the office and parks and rec and everything like if we want to do jordan peele shit for like once a year shut up and just let that happen (laughs) it's not gonna kill you yeah i'm really glad to hear though like since you're a professional actor that you yourself are saying how like things are changing like for the better and that we are like maybe not like you said not in the near future but we are starting to see a huge shift or a shift towards Mm -hmm. uh people of color getting cast for their roles or like people of color getting cast as like normal people or maybe like a gossip girl-esque show full of people that are spanish black asian native american yeah um because even on gossip girl like i had a big binge this past pandemic spring and there were literally like three black people on the show that's it and there were no spanish people at all yep (laughs) maybe like the maid or something but uh one asian girl like nothing so uh, it's nice to know uh, that a professional thinks that, or their opinion, you, is that it's it's changing for the better. Slowly but surely, we'll get there one day. Yeah. And I think also like us as people of color, especially like artists, we can also do our part by, if we see that there's like a lack of us in the art that's being created, we can just like create it ourselves. And sometimes it's like hard to do that because it's like, well, who's going, who's going to watch it? Who's going to like help me produce it? Like, how am I going to get this out there? But you'd be, I mean, Issa Rae, she, we love, we love Issa. Issa. She started off on YouTube and now she's on HBO and doing movies now. So like we, we all can like it's hard but we can we should all have that like tenacity and that drive to just like create stuff for us by us and then everybody else will fall into line and be like oh this is dope like let's try and like do it for ourselves and it's like no 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 <laughs> it was mine first <laughs> give me the money and i'll produce it myself <laughs> and then hopefully hopefully that will start to be something yeah another hbo show that's amazing i'm sorry jones it's another horror thing lovecraft country Mm -hmm. but yeah that's it's based on a book and it's about um this society of wizards that does magic predominantly white men Mm -hmm. but this black man who's like one of the lead characters he was born into that um born into that family so he can also do magic and this one character she is trying to do this spell to like give herself immortality Mm -hmm. and she needs the life of this man so he's trying to learn magic so that he can protect himself and his family Mm -hmm. and she's trying to get this book of magic so that she can kill him to like give herself eternal life Mm -hmm. and it's um they have like this really great Asian actress on the show whose name escapes me, but she's really, really good. Um, and they do an episode about like, um, I think it takes place in Vietnam because it's during the Vietnam War. Mm. It's just like this really nice mix of like time period being in Jim Crow era. And then there's also like horror and sci-fi. And mm. then it's like different types of people. It's just, it's really good and it's really entertaining. Um, real quick tangent to or thing about HBO is that there's Insecure and then there's another show with this actress named Michaela Cole. I, I think I'm pronouncing her. Oh name. yes, um, you made I may destroy you. Yes. Did you see it? Oh I, wanna, yes. I haven't seen it yet. Tell me, do you love it? It's really good. Good. Um, and she was the star of another show that was on Netflix called Chewing Gum. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, hilarious. Oh, yeah. You've seen it? it. No. No? No. But I know who you're talking about. Yes. <laughs> I think she's also definitely one to watch uh, yeah. too because she's making like, I think she like 
she I think she I don't know what exactly she did on I May Destroy You but she had she did do a lot of like work on it not just like the lead role uh but a bunch of other stuff too it's her story it is her story it's her story yeah and she was gonna sell it to Netflix and they didn't give her the amount I think that she felt like she deserved stupid Mm. or it was something like that like next Netflix fucked up and then she got into HBO so this week you are going to hear three different favorite things and these are things that could be places people things (laughs) uh be a show a movie etc etc so a reminder that we aren't sponsored we're just uh happily endorsing these things as normal everyday consumers cat <gasps> me first what's your favorite thing this week okay so my favorite thing is actually news and it's good news and it's something that i just received a few hours ago that i'm really excited about i um got an interview with a manager from Whole Artist Management. Why did you say something sooner? I was saving it for this. (laughs) I have a meeting on Wednesday to talk about representation. And it's, I'm really, really, really excited because this is my first management meeting. And the both of you know, the agent that I was with before did not make me happy. Mm-hmm. So I'm hoping that this can be like a huge push in my career to hopefully start getting more auditions, especially mm-hmm. with like TV and film. But their clients are on like Law & Order SVU, um, like Chicago PD, like a whole bunch of, I think there's like, I think some of their clients were on Grey's Anatomy, like a yes. lot of huge like primetime TV shows. Mm-hmm. So I'm hoping, 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 fingers crossed that the meeting goes really well and then I can be represented by them and then be on their roster. Ooh, that's okay. awesome. Congratulations. Yeah. And break a leg for you. Yeah. Thank you. Please keep us updated. Absolutely. Yeah. I don't know how you sat on that this entire time. I was itching. I was like, ooh. There were, I to say there were so many moments I too. I'm, I am thoroughly, look at her keeping secrets. Yeah. <laughs> <sighs> okay, well. <laughs> What's your Jones, All right, I'll, I'll how about you? <laughs> okay, sure. <laughs> so my favorite thing this week is a book that I finished uh, last week. It is called um, The Song of Achilles. It is written by my favorite author, which is um, Madeline Miller. She writes uh, Greek mythology fiction books. And the first book that I ever read by her is Circe, which I 10 out of 10 recommend, can recommend it enough. And then the second book is Achilles, um, The Song of Achilles. Uh, and it, it basically just you know talks about the story of Achilles, the Greek hero. Um, but uh, through, um, through the eyes of his lover. It's a really, really good book. It doesn't even feel like I'm reading when I was reading it. It just felt like I was, I don't know, like living it or Ooh. seeing it. And I like books where you can really get lost and actually like see it play out in front of you. Um, <laughs> that's my favorite thing this this week. <laughs> and this by Matt Miller? Yes. I'm gonna check it out. You can uh, borrow it, I have it. Oh, thank you. Mm-hmm. Can I borrow it? Sure. <laughs> Next time you come down, or um, I'll maybe uh, maybe I can ship it to you. Awesome. Thank you. Welcome. So my favorite thing this week is a cocktail, and Ooh. it is called the Paloma, which is it is a hold on I'm looking it up real quick. <laughs> I know what it has, but I just want to make sure. So it is a tequila-based cocktail, and I only like I anything. Tequila is my favorite. I really don't like vodka, and I feel like vodka is in a, a lot of cocktails. And this cocktail has, according to liquor.com, it carries two ounces of tequila, half an ounce of lime juice freshly squeezed, grapefruit soda to top, a lime wheel garnish, and a salt rim garnish. Ooh. Uh, I read a different recipe for it had like grapefruit juice and grapefruit soda and tequila but so 
before the pandemic, when we used to go to bars and stuff, I never knew what to order uh, because I'm like, I don't want beer. Like, do I? Like, I don't know. I never knew. And anything vodka, like I said, like vodka, I have a horrible relationship with vodka. It doesn't exist. And uh, I was looking up cocktails. I was like, what can be a drink that I can order at a bar? What's going to be my drink? And then like the pandemic hit and I couldn't go to bars anymore, but I started doing that again. And I looked up a, I found, I looked up like tequila based cocktails and there are a couple of them actually. And the Paloma was one of them. Uh, and it was very up my alley with like the grapefruit. I love citrus and grapefruits and tequila, lime, anything zingy and zangy and whatever. <laughs> but I, I've been making, uh, I made a couple of makeshift Palomas this past week with uh, grapefruit juice in my fridge, like two month old grapefruit soda I had in the fridge. <laughs> and like, I have some tequila around and I've just been making them and they've just been like a nice uh, end to my day. They're not too sweet. They're not too sour for me, but I also love citrus. Um, and they're a perfect wrap up to my day and it brings me joy. So that is my favorite thing this week. They sound refreshing. They do. Yeah. yeah. Make us some when you uh, eventually come back. Yeah, of course. <laughs> cool. And that wraps up our favorite things this week. Woo. Yeah. Thank you for tuning in this week. Thank you, Kat, for joining us. Thank you. We hope to have, have you back you. here soon. Tomorrow. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Yay. <laughs> you can check Pat on on her socials. You want to plug them? Oh, yeah. yeah I'm, on, everything. I'm on Instagram. You can follow me at Couture Dolores underscore Couture with a C. Um, I am also on. What else am I on? Um, you can <laughs> you can look at my website for all of my acting. www.couturebrown.com. If you want to follow me on TikTok, I don't make TikTok, <laughs> but if you're curious for whatever reason, um, I'm on TikTok at. Never mind. I don't. I don't know what my TikTok is. <laughs> Um, Instagram and my website. Those are the best things. I'm on Facebook too, but I don't use it. So don't follow me there, please. Um, yeah. <laughs> we'll have that stuff included in the description. You can check all that out there. And we'll talk with you next week. Bye. Bye. Bye.